new pop evil song. And dude, I gotta tell you, that does not lend itself to me going hit record. There's um there's plenty of bands nowadays, rock radio bands that kind of get crapped on a lot, but I feel like pop evil is very, very easy for me. It's low hanging fruit of like, man, those guys dude just not the best. I feel like they don't get enough heat. That they don't take enough hatred. Like for me, like with a name, like pop evil. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. where is the Nickelback-sized hatred for Pop Evil? Now, I would have to imagine that it's because Pop Evil isn't popular enough to have that kind of hatred. Not as successful, not nearly on the level of Nickelback, but I mean, still, I would say a nationally known rock act. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? That, They're but, well known. But what I'm saying, eh, but what I'm saying is, dude, I'm trying to think of the actor analogy. Where it's hmm. like, yeah, he's in movies, but he's not going to be the star. Uh, right. they, they're the Michael right. Madsen. They're Michael Madsen. Okay. Where, dude, if he's like in Reservoir Dogs, it's awesome. But if you would have said he's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, Michael Madsen's not going to be on the marquee. Yeah, they, nor should Pop Evil. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you're doing a ribs burn off, then yeah, you may be. And I like Pop Evil just fine. As a matter of fact, they're good. I'm interested to hear their song today. A crime to remember because they're is as cheesy as like these uh, a lot of these rock radio bands can be. Pop Evil is pretty good at it. Like they they had a song called and it's so cheesy. Deal with the devil, and the lyrics are so cheesy and the hook is super cheesy, but it works. It's like oh well, you know how to do this. Turn back on the broken heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, dude, they're, I mean, this is what I'm saying. But this, again, like, this is what kills me. Is like, this, is a, this is a good examination here. Because people who tell me how bad Nickelback sucks will be like, dude, I like 155. I like that song. And it's like, well. This one is really good. Where are you? Oh, dude, Monster You Made? It's the same thing. See, I, I always thought that song kind of sucked. This I, one? Yeah, I always well, thought that do, song kind of sucked. It does, but it's an undeniably catchy song. I understand why people love this. I understand, dude, if, if you're sucking down Monster Energy drinks at Rock on the Range, I understand at 3.30 why you're like, dude, we're going uh, to sleep Pop Evil. I don't know. I, I, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Like, I don't get this song. I never got this song. Oh, my God. The Pop Evil fans are already Here up. And are, they're like, dude, they're so awesome live. I'm getting bombarded already. Interesting. New Turd Tuesday right there. Yeah, crime to remember. Uh, right. New Jason Aldean, Miranda Lambert, <laughs> Drowns the Whiskey is the name of that, and also New Tech Nine, uh, How I'm Feeling. Oh, 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 and we have Celine Dion's son. Oh, yeah, we got to get that. Yeah, that uh, he's entering the rap world, and he said some things you're not allowed to say on the radio yesterday. We oh, found yeah. out the hard way. Had oh, to bail yeah. out of that one yeah. early. Had to bail out early. Figured we... Uh, Figure we'll play the rest of it for you coming up nine o'clock for New Tour Tuesday. How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, the, the 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 issue of concern for me this morning is I came into uh, the radio station and one of the hallways it's like a giant ass puddle in it. And like I was looking for like, well, where is this water coming from? I look up at the ceiling, can't find it. Looking for like some sort of leaking, you know, something, can't find it. So I don't know. Should I call the boss man and tell him like, yo, there's no. a giant puddle? He's not going to do anything, no. right? Six to ten is that's, what he's going to say. That's what I thought he was going to. Because honestly, I was like, well, this is an issue. It is, and. I I was like, no. but no, all right, not hold, not getting a hold of them. We're told constantly. Worry about six to ten in the morning on, 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 
on Arc UK on Rock 106.9. It's 6 to 10 right now, and there's a giant-ass puddle. I thought maybe. Nope. Okay. Has something to do with something else. All right. All right. right. That's fair enough. Then I will will not concern him or myself with that. It's like he's not going to find it. I wouldn't. Just go swimming in it. Just bathe (laughs) in it. It's just Lake North Canton up here. Yeah, absolutely. A little sip-o part two. What's the uh, the stories of Stansbury? What do you got, buddy? Dude, I'm excited for the Eastern Conference uh, Finals game number two. As a matter of fact, Warriors took care of business last night, beat the Rockets, uh, I don't know, something like eight, nine points, something like that, I think it was. And uh, I, I'm excited for this game tonight. I think it's um, I I think if you lose tonight, it goes seven games for sure. I think it's, but I think they win. Well, the theory is, and I mean, a lot of people subscribe to this, is that like the series really doesn't nothing's nothing's must win until it's your court. You know what I'm saying? Like, and until you lose on your court, you 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 you're just playing what you, the way you're supposed to play. You're just hitting par at that point. So if the Cavaliers were to lose tonight, I'm not going to freak out. But obviously, it's going to be a lot better coming out of Boston one one. I, I mean, a much more be- like better situation. There. I don't think it's must win tonight. But I think it's you better win. I, I do think it's that. I think this series gets a lot harder if you go down 0-2 in Boston. This guy tweeted at me. Rick tweeted you know at me and he says, "Dude, look, I watched this game last night. Cavs play the Warriors. I think it's over in four. You said something last year after the finals that should LeBron keep going just to lose. I think it's an interesting topic. There's a point where his finals record will matter. Rick, here's what I'll tell you. I agree with you, but I think his finals record already matters. I think people are already holding it against him about the fact that he's been to so many and lost more." More than he's won. I yes, think, I, I think that that's already being held against him. I look. I, I'm t- everything I'm seeing in the NBA right now just all sets up for LeBron to run away from the Cleveland Cavaliers as fast as he possibly can. It's all setting up that way. I think 100% that the, the final thing already plays against him. There's no denying it. I mean, whether it's in a national level, six on a ranks, personal six level. Six ranks, six ranks, six ranks. Yeah, it's, it's the number one thing against him. It's, 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 it's the biggest argument point. The it's only, the only thing the, against him. The only thing that I'll say, and I, I, I would think that why he would stick with you, how long do you keep playing if you just keep losing? Because honestly, at this point, I, I, I would say this year, Golden State, a given winner, and next year, Golden State seems like a given winner. I mean, uh, see, dude, if you lose, if you move LeBron, that's not true. They, um, are, they are a given winner this year. Hold on. They are a given winner this year, but if you move LeBron and you move him to the, to the Houston Rockets, I think the Rockets beat the Warriors pretty easily. I um the thing I'll say is is if he continues to make a consecutive runs if you go ten in a row that becomes something that Jordan didn't do you know what I mean that's that's a, that's a sep- it's a separation point again nuanced people will have that argument but the but the overall consensus will be you went and how many did you lose America likes winners they like people who win it was we'll go back to you know a couple of presidents ago George Bush why because he was a winner he didn't take no crap he stood up he's a winner. That's what people like about Donald Trump, to be honest with you. It's why a lot of people in this country who don't like strong, who don't like winners, want to tell you how bad the Trump presidency is, when in reality, is it as bad as they say it is? I don't think it's great, but I don't. I, it's not as bad as what a lot of people on the left part of the country are trying to tell me it is. And because, dude, some people don't, but dude, in sports, America likes a winner. If you win, you're the king. If you don't, there's a reason why the guy who was the king before you cannot be beaten. That's just the narrative. And I think he is is going to chase one or two more. And I think it will be with the Houston Rockets, like I've been saying for a year and a half. Your shot at $1,000 is every single hour on the program. First one is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK 106.9. 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. 710 will pass out another $1,000. A lot on the program, you'll hear me reference my father and the life lessons that I, uh, th- that I learned from him. And uh, it's amazing what happens in your life is that when your parents are alive, you're like, yeah, you're an idiot. I don't want to hear about this, right? But the minute they go, you're like, wait a minute. That was everything you said was so smart. Keep saying it to me. That's just what happens. But there were things that he taught me that I do believe to be true. One of which is, Daniel, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, then be there at that time. But if you say you're going to do things, do them. Right? So when I had said once in this studio that for charity, that I would take a polar plunge and jump into a freezing cold lake for charity that I ended up having to do that because I said I would do it and you should do it. I will not say I will do that again next year. I will go, but I believe I will write a check this, this upcoming year. Yeah. Honoring your commitments is obviously a big deal in life. I mean, people who don't do that, if you, you're just showing a lack of integrity in my opinion, where it's like, yeah, you, you, you say you're going to do it, do it. If every system broke down and it just had to come down to trust, you following through on what you say is going to be the best form of currency you could have in a situation like that. Being true to your word is important. And I say all this because apparently our head coach, Hugh Jackson of the Cleveland Browns, will be keeping his promise. I had been on him about this because he had said if we they go winless, he was going to jump in the lake. Turns out everybody's been on him. And I guess I should have known being a reasonably intelligent person, that there is no way a head coach of the NFL was going to say that and not be held to it and then not tie in a charity and find a reason to do it. I guess I should have known that. We have a little audio from Hugh Jackson. We'll let you uh, take a listen to what he had to say about it. The time has come for me to make good on my word. On June 1st, I'm jumping in the lake. Fortunately, I'm not going alone. Many members of the Browns organization have agreed to jump with me. Giving back to the community is the Browns way. So I've decided to add a little twist to my jump. Not only will I be making good on my word, we will also be jumping in for a good cause. For every member of the Browns organization that jumps with me, I'm going to donate $100 towards the fight to end human trafficking in Northeast Ohio through the Hugh Jackson Foundation. My goal is to get $15,000. We are working towards making 2018 a much better year for the Cleveland Browns and I'm hoping to also cleanse ourselves of all the losing for the past two seasons by jumping in. Look for a follow-up video on all Brown's digital platforms of me jumping in after June 1st. For more information on the Hugh Jackson Foundation and how you can help combat human trafficking, please visit HughJackson.org. Now, if you're a player, you almost have to do this with him now, right? Yeah, I mean, what, are you not going to go in there? <laughs> you better. I mean, you kind of have to. A, it's your coach. So especially if you're a newer player, right? B, they've tied human trafficking to it, and we know how Twitter works. If you do, if you go against the grain, if you don't do the nice thing, then you are for the bad thing. 
That's how Twitter works. If you don't go against the bad thing, that means you're high-fiving the people who do the bad thing. And players can't be looking like they're okay with human trafficking, even though when they're done playing the game on Sunday, they'll probably go to the strip club, make it rain, where probably some people in there are victims of human trafficking. That aside, however, I would imagine that the rest of these players are going to want to make it look as good as humanly possible. Yeah, they, uh, You probably have a little bit of, what do I want to say here, a little bit of responsibility, a little bit of like, yo, coach, I'm the one who put you in this situation. I couldn't get that block last year. I couldn't make that tackle last year. Hopefully there's a little bit of like, all right, man, we're in this together. Like, we we, we made our bed, now we got to lay in it. You know, I didn't even put it through that filter, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, people want to blame coaches, and you should. I mean, it's a huge part of the game, but ultimately, at the end of the day, players play. And so if you don't execute plays and you don't get it done, again, Deshaun Kaiser, now I know not here, so he won't be doing it. But again, some of those plays were drawn up pretty well. He was just throwing interceptions in the red zone. You can't blame Hugh Jackson for that. I mean, there was plenty of things to blame Hugh Jackson for. I'm not letting him off the hook. But you're right. I didn't think about it like that. But if I'm a player, it's almost like, you know, I, I dude, I want this off me. I, yeah, I like the symbolism, too, of of we're going in and, and we're losers and we're coming out and we've washed ourselves of those losses right there. I mean, something like that doesn't really matter. No, but there is a little bit of like, all right, man, you know, the, the, the phoenix shall rise out of the ashes. So, like, I think it's, I don't know, it's a good move. I mean, dude, growing up in the religious household I did, to me, it feels like a baptismal. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah, I, I I guess I can see the upside on that. I do have a worry about the Cleveland Browns that from something I heard from Mark Schlereth yesterday. Uh, Mark Schlereth had won a championship playing with John Elway. And he said something about Baker Mayfield that I didn't realize. And he was like, look, I think Baker's good, that whole thing. He's like, but the guy took six snaps under center. I was like, wait, what? Like, that can't be right. And what worries me about this, this is a much, again, this is like what I was telling Munch on Friday. Like, if you told me any other team in the league had did, had done, sorry, what the Browns have done during this offseason, I'd be like, oh, they're probably going to be a lot better than they were last year. But because I have Browns beat down, I'm like, oh, no. And the same thing about this Baker Mayfield thing. Where if any other team took him, I'd be like, ah, you got coaches, get him coached up, he'll be able to go out there and do it. Where because it's the Browns and it's Baker Mayfield, I go, oh my God, six snaps under center, this is going to lead to disastrous things. It's very easy to go to extremes with the Cleveland Browns. I think like anything else in life, it's like, well, either they're going to, they haven't gotten better at all, or they've gotten, you know, to be a playoff contender, when the truth obviously is going to lie somewhere in the middle there. Um... I would agree with you that at the end of the day, is that a concern? Yes. You know, not having the experience of doing that, I think certainly is a concern, but Baker Mayfield coming in as a rookie, and I think everybody should understand the fact that, like, you're going to have to develop, you're going to have to spend time, you're going to have to put that practice in, um, and hopefully, I think he's proven himself as... This is something that I, not only is it something I can do, this is something I will do. Like when 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 rookie minicamp is going on, like you know, obviously he was running out there and you know running regular camp stuff. But then afterwards, I read this report about how he was spending hours after practice working from under center, just taking snap after snap after snap. And you know, one of the things he brought up is like once you have your center, it works a lot better. But this is this That's is true. This this is a a thing that they can change. You know what I'm saying? This is something you can learn. This isn't like. Oh, well, dude, he just doesn't have it. No, I would agree. It's not ring the alarm. That's not where I'm at. But it does. Doesn't it feel to you, though? It's like, oh, my God, Browns. Again, here's why it's scary. You had two, again, two prototype quarterbacks. And 
who have dealt with this a little bit more. Now, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm guessing Sam Darnold, although he played out in the Pac-12, probably, dude, I guess he, dude, he may have been out, not under center quite a bit out there in that system. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But it just, it worries me that we tried to be too smart for the room. But I got to give Baker this, dude. Ever since becoming the first pick, he's done everything I, I would want him to do right. Because I, I, I read that too, and I do like that. And I'm not down on it. But when I heard that yesterday, because you take Nick Chubb, so obviously, look, what are you trying to do? You're trying to run the ball, and you're trying to set up play-action passing, which, how do you do all that? It's under center. Now, I know what everybody's thinking to yourself in your car right now. Tyrod Taylor's going to be the starter. He already named him the starter yesterday. I know. I know. I still think Baker Mayfield plays by week six. Most people tell me it's going to be a little later, probably October, November, and then you'll see him. I think it's earlier. I really do. I think you're going to have to do it. I think it's just I, I I don't know if Tyrod Taylor can keep Baker Mayfield at bay. I um it's definitely going to depend how things are going. I mean if if they start off the season zero and six and Hugh Jackson gets fired and then there's nowhere else to go other than like well quarterback switch is the only place to go then yeah so I I think it's just going to dictate where the early success is in the season and like where they show progress. Um I also think it's worth noting that like. The NFL, over the past couple of years, not nearly the under-center league that it once was. I mean, don't get me wrong, majority of what you're doing is coming there, but more and more teams run the shotgun with more and more regularity. So I, as it's a passing league, I, I don't get me wrong, it's a very important thing, but it, it's not nearly what it once was, I don't think. Well, that is true. You can thank Chip Kelly for a lot of that. He switched the offenses around um, quite a bit. A lot of people followed his mold there. I... um. I just you are right about that. So maybe what they're saying is, dude, this is the way this game's going. So Baker's the guy for the next fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, as as passing becomes more and more, uh, you know, an important part of every offense in the NFL, right there. Um, fifty eight percent last year of snaps for all teams came from out of the shotgun. So fifty eight percent of the time, more than almost sixty percent of the time, you're playing out of the shotgun anyway. Oh, that's a lot. Okay, that's a lot. I mean, it's more than. I mean, it's more than half. Now you got to remember, you got to think that there's warm weather teams that are going to be able to run the shotgun later into the season than the Browns are necessarily going to be able to do. By the time you get into those later months and you're playing on the lake, it is going to be important that you can stand under the center and take that snap. But I, no matter who this quarterback was, there was going to be things that we were pointing at saying like, I don't know, dude, Sam Darnold, you, you know, not necessarily good here. Josh Allen, not necessarily good here. If Baker's comp- if the complaint on him is like, well, you know, it's just, this is something he can work on. It's a coachability yeah. thing. It really is. And if you've got Todd Haley, who is, you know, supposed to work with this kind of stuff. And again, dude, look at what, I mean, I'd be interested to see Ben Roethlisberger's stats when Haley was there. But, I mean, they kind of run an offense like that, too, right? A little bit where, and, do they run the ball quite a bit. So maybe this isn't going to be quite the problem. I, You know what it is? I, again, I set the whole thing up by saying, you know what, dude? I think it's because it's the Browns. I was watching the TV show yesterday. Mark Schlereth says it, and it's because it's my team, and I've been smacked in the eye by him 25 times. I'm like, all right, here we go again. The Steelers ran out of the shotgun 71% of the time last year. 71. 71. Wow, dude, they got a really good running game. Okay, all right. I, I think it's you know you look at it and it's 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 a lot of the high power offenses that run out of the shotgun on a regular basis, yeah, guys. That's, that's good quarterbacks, but right, that's what that's what you're trying to build. I mean, you got Landry, you, you know what I mean. You got you know uh, you know Gordon now, and you know I mean they're trying to build that kind of thing where you got a threat out out wide, and then you got you know a slot receiver to play short. They're trying to do that. Even New England, fifty one percent of the time out of the shotgun. Like- 
last yeah, night. Yeah, Tom does like playing out of it. I mean, it all, you always see it. It, it. Dude, it opens up it opens up the speed of the passing game. It does. That's that's what it is. You don't have to take steps. All of a sudden it's like, dude, I can just chuck this ball. I mean, and if that's the NFL that we're going to live in nowadays, you're spreading defensive players out at that point. And so, yeah. All right. Okay. It just, again, I was curious as to whether or not it was just the fact that I've been a Browns fan and they have done it wrong so many times where I was like, oh my God, here we go again. And I, and that is it. And that, dude, this entire offseason, and honestly, the first couple of weeks of the real season, it's going to be like that, where you're going to be a little resistant to wrap your arms around it because of what's happened before. Because it was much like that last year. Fantone was the first guy who was like, dude, I bought all the way in again this year, and they broke my heart again. After coming off 1-15, in we had both got sucked all the way back in, and then it happened. You know what I mean? So I just worry... But again, you cannot place the sins of a previous organization on this leadership. You know what I mean? You just can't do that. I cannot wait for football season. I cannot wait, especially since the U.S. Supreme Court did something awesome we're going to talk about coming up at around 730. I can't wait to get into that. But more Stansberry Show is right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106. 9710, you'll get hooked up with $1,000. I, uh, I talked to my mom on Mother's Day. Nice. And uh, we got to talking about work and how her work is going. As a matter of fact, where my mom works, um, she uh, works at a school in Las Vegas. And they were just ranked the most beautiful school in all of Nevada. Like somebody went through the country and found like the best schools in every state. And my mom's where my mom and my sister-in-law both work actually got voted that they, I don't know. They have like their own garden there where they're producing like something like 10,000 pounds of, you know, produce a month or something for like the community and all that. So I got to talking to my mom and so we started talking about her work and then we started talking about my work and she's like, so. We've been listening a little bit via the podcast. Okay. Now, my mom didn't say via. No. But. <laughs> Does she even understand what the podcast is? Does she know or no? Or she gets it? David, make Danny show play. <laughs> no, that's about okay. how that goes down. Okay. Even though my mom does have a Samsung like S9. Like, my mom's like rocking like the newest <laughs> cell phone Jeez. ever. Right? And uh, she was like, I'm concerned about something. And I was like, okay. She goes, now, I'm your mother. And uh, obviously, I've known that you've been off the rails for a while. She's like, but, you know, you just, you guys talk about sex and masturbation, like, so much. I was like, okay, well, it's, it's, mom, it's rock radio, and yeah. it's, it's a big part of man, you know, a man's life, you know? We, we like the sex there, and uh, when, when, when women won't give it to us, then we, we have to, well, you know, crank on ourselves to just get through our day without becoming mass murderers, you know? And it felt weird to have this conversation with my mom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I wish I would have had this article while I was on the phone with her. Okay? Because they have just done a study. In the United States, 92% of men and 76% of women say that they masturbate. 92% of men. Now, here's what I find interesting. That's in the United States. So let's expand it out. In America, 92 and 76 for women. In the UK, those numbers are 96 for men, 78 for women. And in Germany, they're 93% for men and 76% for women. Meaning what? These numbers hold up all over the globe. Yeah, yeah. Meaning they hold up. 
And so I think this is like a perfect defense of what I'm always saying. There's a reason why. I'm not in here just talking about stuff just to do it. I'm talking about the things you do and the things you watch and the things that, in, that you take part of. Now, what I find interesting about this is, is this, is that inevitably this will happen through this conversation. When giving these numbers out, and I can even tell you who some of the men will be. I will have men who will write in via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, and tell me, there's no way those numbers can be right. I don't do it. Really? And guy, Dude, the amount of guys who will write in to tell me. Really? I've had guys tell me, do you talk about that stuff too much? I don't even do it. And so I, really? I, you know, I, and I don't buy it. That's my thing. I don't believe you. Uh, and I will say, I think there are people who maybe don't feel as comfortable um, discussing sexuality. So I can understand why when we start talking about some things, that might be like, eh. But at the end of the day, you're doing it, dude. Don't lie to me. Wait, are you, I, come, come on. Okay, so you're you're not, you're just never doing it, ever. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I believe what happens here is that there are there are sections of people who have been taught to believe that sex is either dirty, filthy, or whatever. And again, I would kind of be in this group because of, you know, all the Christianity that was shoved down my throat as a kid. But I also think there is a group of guys out there that just, it, where you still are holding on to that group of young adolescent boys hanging out together and that somehow this shows weakness on you or an inability to find a partner and so you feel less than right i mean that's got to be where this comes from i guess i i i I wouldn't necessarily think like well i don't have to do it because my chick just does it all the time for me but i guess i guess i could see that like well i never have to because of course she's at home satisfying me but like once again you're lying dude you're lying. Okay. I mean, I feel like I'm in a very healthy sexual relationship, but there's times when she's like, no, dude, get, get away from me. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. I was going to say, you you and your come girlfriend are, are no strangers to the bedroom. You yeah. guys you guys like the we sex. Get it on. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is what you're right. together for. Right. That's that's what that's what each that's what each other is for. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. But my point being is is that, dude, so you're getting more than enough sex in your yes. life. Yes. And yet you will still find yourself in the afternoon with a couple of hours of guilt. Like, dude, what am I doing? What I'm bored. I, I got on? nothing going on. What else do I have going on? And yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what it is. It is a, 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 a boredom relief as opposed to like an actual like, man, I need sexual release. And I think that's when you get into a problem with anything, whether it is masturbating, smoking weed, uh, whatever you're doing. If you're just doing it to fill the hours as opposed to like, man, I really want to do this. Then that's when you're starting to run into a problem with stuff right there. Wow, dude, can't you get into trouble with I really want to do this too? Well, like, I guess. Yes. I mean, yes. If you were sitting here right now. Yes. And in the back of your mind going, Jesus, I can't wait till the show's over so I can go home. And I mean, right. I wouldn't that's that a, be a problem too? Y- yeah, I guess. Either either way, you can go with an issue right there. I guess if you find yourself on that side. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, dude, who? I think masturbation is much like a radio show. You do it by yourself. You're in the car by yourself. You don't necessarily want everyone knowing that you do it, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. Like You can tell people you listen to the Stansberry show. It's fine. I got to be honest with you. I would take an, a, a weird amount of pride in the fact that if you were to masturbate while well, listening listen to the show, I got to tell you, I would take a large sense of pride in that. That is very weird, and I don't like it and, about myself. And that and message I, is coming in. I need a moment to reflect on that. And when I'm done doing that, we'll pass out $1,000 on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 6, 9.
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 here momentarily. Also coming up, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. You're getting new Tech 9, new Jason Aldean featuring Miranda Lambert, and new Pop Evil. A crime to remember. I can't wait for that. I did- Again, they are they are cheesy, but I'm going to reference one of their other songs, Deal With The Devil. It is totally cheesy, paint by numbers, but it's on my it's on my gym mix for sure because it works for that kind of environment. They um they were very into the rock scene up in Flint, Michigan when I was working there. From up there, right? Yeah, they're like a mid Michigan band, so they were constantly like coming through the station and stuff like that. And first of all, the one the singer, I think his name's Lee or something like that. I'm super small. I mean, like a tiny, yeah, he's tiny, little, tiny little dude, like really small. I remember when they we had him at the rib thing here at, at, at the rib cook-off here or whatever uh, and uh and they played i was like jesus that guy's like four feet tall yeah little tiny guy like he's honestly, like little sweet from the dr pepper commercials <laughs> like i honestly felt like there were times i could pick him up like i really thought like all right i could lift this dude if i wanted to dude, he is little sweet from the from the dr pepper commercials. <laughs> he does he dresses like him he acts like him i mean dude that's pretty good observation right there holy crap i um never I, seen him in the same room i ended up partying pretty hard with those dudes one night yeah, wasn't there a pool party at your yeah boss's there was a pool party at my boss's house and you could let's just take a minute to reflect on how radio used to be fun <laughs> you could win it was like our boss wouldn't take us to dinner if his life depended on you it. could win a hot tub and if you won the hot tub you got to come to this party with pop evil at my boss's house because my boss had this sweet pool or whatever and uh so we ended up you know overindulging in a couple of substances and i remember i was in the pool and like i don't know like like pretty intoxicated and, and hallucinogenics and i'm wearing these goggles and i'm walking around like a monster and these dudes from pop evil i don't know it was good times it was good times the way it was supposed to be buddy yeah those are uh, i got a bunch of those too <laughs> that's the way it was supposed to yeah, be yeah it used to be it used to be a really good time yeah. now now yeah. you walk through here it's like progressive insurance in here <laughs> dude nobody have fun no it has to be the bitchless edit of crazy bitch oh yeah the no, bitchless edit. no you play it just just don't say bitch just don't say bitch okay, in this won't. song and then what you do after that is play <laughs> is play cold hard bitch and Ex- then but then play it extra bitch there Act- get an extra one in there so, buddy, your buddy, John Cena. Yes, dude. I don't know if you guys know about this, but, but Matt Fantone and John Cena are personal friends. Well, I don't know if I would necessarily <laughs> go that far, but I am a huge, huge, huge John Cena fan. Uh, make no question about that one. And uh, he was set to marry Nikki Bella. Yeah, yeah. And then they called it off, and we thought it was him, but it turns out, no, it was her. And I guess John Cena's been heartbroken so much so, dude, that he went on the Today Show. What was this? Yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a little audio from John himself. You revealed a lot to us um, over the years, and especially yeah. you talked about your wonderful romance with Nikki, and you yes. talked about your proposal, and you talked yes. about your wedding date, which a lot of people were kind of sad to see come and go, and you guys... I was one of those people. Yeah. That was yeah. a tough... Um, how are you doing? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's up and it's down. I don't okay. want to... I don't. I mean, I've always been honest with you guys. Yeah. I also don't want to ruin the viewer's morning by giving us a bowl of sadness soup. It's been up and it's <laughs> been cereal. down. Or cereal. Sadness yeah. cereal. Yes. Uh... It's been incredibly sure get that which is amazing, uh, but it's very difficult. I had my heart broken out of nowhere, and um, or for me it was out of nowhere. And and anyone who's experienced that knows it's that it, it comes with a, a series of bad feelings. Mm-hmm. But um, I've looked at myself every day, and I've tried to evaluate myself and the woman that I love. And uh, for anyone out there speculating on like what I'm doing with my life now. I still love Nicole. I still would love to marry Nicole. I still would love to have a family with Nicole. 
Uh, there was an unfortunate set of circumstances where our relationship ended. Um, there's been a lot of speculation recently about me being seen in public and everyone's thinking like, oh, John Cena's enjoying the single life. No, I was supposed to be married and have a honeymoon over these two weeks. It's the first time in 15 years that I've taken a vacation. I am in my house alone, oh, surrounded by crushing. these emotionally strong memories. And every day from six to nine, I get out of the house and talk to strangers as social interaction. So there's a lot of pictures of me with like, hey, I'm here with this person or I'm here with this person. It's called living your life. You have to keep doing that. I don't want anybody else. I mm. love Nicole, and I'm really trying to support her in, in her trying to find whatever it is that she wants that made this fall apart in the first place. Okay. Now, I got a couple of observations yeah. here. One, I don't believe it came out of nowhere. I don't believe you were set to marry somebody, and then they pull up short, and you go, gee, I wonder what led to that. I think that when you take a step back and look back, you're always going to see red flags. You're always going to see hurdles. But I do think there's times in life where people, whether it's because they're focused on something else or maybe they're just oblivious to their signals that their partner sending them, you can definitely be blindsided of like, man, didn't see it. I guess maybe. I, I, I think it's an inability to see things that you should be seeing along the way. Or a choice not to. Yes. Of like, well, I'm just going to keep, you know, move. I'm just I'm just keep like, I'm telling you, John, right, I just right. need you to listen. Listen to me, John, right? And then, you know, next thing you know, what do you mean? Did she just left? So there's that. There's also, I still don't buy it. And I don't know if this is me being a pessimist or if this is just me being sharp to how te- uh, how television works. But, dude, all this stuff, I mean, dude, this is all designed to drive the ratings, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, now, when it comes down to it, WWE is very, very good or I guess maybe, like, very bad about this in the sense of they take what's going on in their talent's life. Exploit. Exploit it. And they do. And they, like, I mean, people yes. who have had substance abuse issues in the past, they've made mockeries of because it's like, well, well, dude, this is what's going to get the ball rolling. This is what's going to move the needle here. Um, WWE is good at that. Like I said, good at that or bad at that, however you want to look at it. And at the end of the day, I just feel, and you you did, you you heard genuine like sorrow and like pain in the dude's voice there. And like, I just think it has to suck because we've all been in situations like this before. We know how bad it turns out for us as individuals, whether, whether you think it or not, like these people are still human, they're brands, but they're also still human at the end of the day. And this to me feels like. If this was your friends that did this, like, hey, I called off the wedding, but maybe we're getting back together, and maybe you'd be like, okay, well, dude, relationships are tough. But since they're celebrities, and since it's like this, it's like, oh, well, it's all just a big boy, you know? And like, you are still just a human being. That is true, and we do lose sight of that as as the public. Is that we somehow assume these people are stronger, tougher, built differently than we are? They, you must. Otherwise, how did you get this right. thing that I wish I had? Right. So I. So yes, I understand that. Um, I'll tell you, I didn't believe any of it until he said, "This is the first vacation I've taken in 15 years. I'm supposed to be on my honeymoon, and I've been in my house alone." I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Making himself get out of the house for three hours a day just to go see people so he's not sitting in there by himself like that's sad dude again that is a trap of money that's a trap of money right there think about that because a lot of you don't have a lot of us we don't have that option like when i got as a matter of fact it it, it, earlier in in the run of this program i did this kind of happened to me right i my nikki bella moved out on me 
Just in the, I came home and my garage door opener and the housekeeper was just sitting there. No note, no nothing. That was like the the new age Dear John letter. Yeah, Dear John Cena. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. She just pulled up and left. Stansberry right? is kind of the John Cena of Canton, Ohio. He I am. Is. I am. Kinda is. I kind of am. And so nobody can see me. And uh, so. I had to go places. I had to come to work. I had to go th- do things. I had to go host events for the radio station. So that social interaction was forced. But if you are a multimillionaire and you choose when you wrestle, when you don't, this and that, when my point is, this guy can literally sit in his house months on end, yeah. sitting in the same pair of underwear, watching cartoons in bed, just being miserable. And so, like, actually, that is a trap of money, is that your money can actually hold you back at that point and prevent you from moving forward. So what do you think the mixture is here between real and and show? Is it 60-40, 70-30? Where are we? 50-50, it feels like. I really? Think, I, yeah, I think they knew, like, hey, we've got stuff coming up, and I'm sure it was probably, they both, I, I, probably both had, like, a, like an inclination of, like, hey, this isn't going to work. We'll, be, we'll better exploit it for what it's worth. There's a new season of Total Bellas coming up. Obviously, WWE's on 52 weeks out of the year. There's no off-season. Not going to hurt us here. John Cena's got eight movies coming up. You know what I mean? He's filming like 10 of them recently, so 50-50 it feels like to me. I would have guessed more on the the shtick angle and less on the authenticity, but again, that it's been 15 years since I took a vacation. I'm supposed to be on my honeymoon, and I'm in my house. 15 years, dude. If if nothing else, like, dude, that is dedication, man. again, and I don't really care for the WWE, but I got to give credit where credit is due, and John Cena deserves some credit. This is a guy who, even though he's famous for something I don't care about at all, he uses that fame properly. Like, he grants all those make-a-wish things more than any other celebrity. I think it's like three to one yeah, or something now. it's not even now. close. I mean, he just does a ton of that kind of stuff. So there's a real decent person in there somewhere, and just because I don't care why he's famous doesn't mean he's not using it properly. And, uh, man, I kind of I can't lie. I would kind of like to see this work out for John Cena. Now, if you would have told me, for those of you that don't know, Nikki Bella's a twin. If you would have told me this broke up, it was because John Cena knocked on the wrong bedroom door in the middle of the night, was looking for, you know, to complete that trilogy. That's what I would have thought. But, no, it turns out Nikki Bella just left our boy John Cena crying. To sad. Puddle. It is a little sad. We're passing out $1,000 every single hour on the program. As a matter of fact, when you win this $1,000 right now, it turns out you're allowed to do something with it today you weren't before. We'll give you that story after giving you this $1,000 on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out another $1,000, 8 10 this morning. Also, new Tur Tuesday coming up at 9. New Tech 9, new Jason Aldean, new Pop Evil, all part of that. Sometimes when news breaks, people who listen to the program daily will send me links. Hey, man, did you see this? What do you think about this? I can't wait till you get into this tomorrow. And because of how much I talk about this and the fact that I have lived in Las Vegas and that my family still lives in Las Vegas, this was a big story that people hit me up with yesterday, which is the Supreme Court ruled on Monday to legalize sports betting. And to, like, shut down the 1992 federal law. So essentially what this does is makes sports betting legal pretty much everywhere. And it should be pointed out that they estimate that $150 billion a year, $150 billion is wagered on sports. Now here's the number that's 
more eye-opening than that. That 97% of that $150 billion a year that's bet is done illegally. Wow. And of course, you think to yourself, well, how could that be true? Well, I'll tell you how it could be true. There's only a handful of places where you can bet sports legally and you don't live anywhere near there. Right? That's, that's definitely part of the reason why. So you'll bet with your friends. You may bet with a bookie. You may bet. There's a million different ways. But now you're going to be able to bet where you live. Now, I would imagine that a lot of this is due to like DraftKings and the, like those fantasy sites because they want to be able to take real wagers and they want you to be able to gamble on what you're doing because that's really what you want. That's where the high comes in at. Okay. Now, this is going to get convoluted and a lot of stuff's going to happen over the next few weeks because what's going to happen is the leagues are going to want money because they know, look at how much money's being made on our product and we're not set to take it. So they're going to argue that the state should have to pay them integrity fees. Now, this is twofold for me. I'm with the state and I kind of want to look at the sport and be like, "F you. No. We're not giving you this money. You don't deserve it. I'm not giving it to you." However, as a person who likes to bet sports, what I want is to be able to bet in the stadium. If I'm sitting there in the second quarter, and I'm noticing the game shift things at halftime. I want to be able to go to a betting window in Brown Stadium and change a bet. Maybe make a bet on the on the 4 p.m. game. And I think you'll get betting terminals in stadiums as long as leagues get their money. Yeah, I mean, leagues are definitely going to make as much move towards that as possible. And I think there is a little bit of when you start throwing these just astronomical numbers around somewhere along the line, there has to be a a a, a level of like somebody's overseeing this, right? There's integrity when it comes to these games, right? Like these aren't being fixed. So I think they're going to have the I think I think I think the NFL, MLB, you know, NBA are going to have the high ground here and kind of the level here to say like no dude we're, we're taking money from oh you. see I disagree I think honestly doesn't it to me it tells me there's more credibility in it if the leagues are like you know what that's tainted money like if you want to bet on our game look what we put the game on on Sunday what you do when you're watching it is on you we're responsible for the game how the players act and what happens here but that's tainted money the moment you take gambling money I now think well are you open to where where the big bet is I I, I think that once you, once that money once that transaction becomes a part of the equation that's when the obligation begins if you're if it's just like hey the games are just getting bet on and we just play the games and I think that's where that's where they're gonna be able to hide behind like well no we don't have to be open and transparent with like what our referees are doing or how we're setting things up or what we have going on because you haven't given us any money like we have no obligation to you to show this I think once they start essentially being on the payroll of 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 that you know of the state or of the of the of the government there hmm. I think at that point that's when it opens up to like well if you're taking this money from us we therefore have the ability and the you know essentially the obligation to investigate your league to make sure that these billions of dollars being gambled on are being uh, there's integrity in this in this game Huh, I didn't put it through that filter. I had it through the, well, if you start taking gambling money, now you really are beholden to Vegas. I think it's just like when, you know, like with the whole thing with that Queen of Hearts thing up in Cleveland where it was, you know, the the Federal Gaming Commission or the, the State's Gaming Commission had to come in and give it the A-OK. I think once that money becomes a part of it, that's where... That's that's where they're going to be able to 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 work their way in to make sure that things are on the up and up. I'm also worried they're going to change 
the percentage of the money having to be wagered because more people are going to have their hands in this pot. The way Vegas works right now is you'll hear gamblers say it runs on a 10% Vegas dime line. What the dime line is, is if you bet $100 on something to win, you actually bet 110 to win 100 You always got to bet 10% more of what the win is because the house is going to take the juice. I feel like often, and this is even before this conversation became a part of it, you and I have talked about sports gambling before, and I think people who have not done it get confused sometimes. So give a rundown of how you, Dan Stansberry, you know, because I mean, we've had people who are like, what is the spread? I don't even understand that. I think people do need a little bit of like a remedial 101 here. Okay, again, Vegas works on the dime line. Meaning you bet 10% more of what the bet actually is. All right. That's how Vegas makes money with the sports. So let's say I want to bet tonight the Cavs game. Let's say the Cavs are, 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 you know, favored over the Celtics by five. I want to bet a hundred dollars. That means I have to put 110 down. You're putting, you're putting 110 down to win a hundred. Okay. That's what you're, you're always risking some of your money to win your bet. Okay. Right. So no matter what, they're taking that off the top. Vegas keeps it. So if I put my 110 down. And yeah. the Cavaliers win by five or more. Right. They cover the spread they cover right the there. Spread. They cover the spread right there. You get there. your hundred. I get so you I, get the hundred. You wait. So you get your hundred back plus a hundred. Okay. All right. You see what I'm saying? So essentially, you won ninety, not a hundred. Okay. Is because that what, ten that ten that ten spread there. stays okay. for the Vegas. Now the way Vegas works is is you have to pay for your bet before you bet it. Right, you go to the betting window, and if you've never watched football in 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 a sports book, which if we get sports books here, it I'm telling you, like like Northfield, like uh, the Hard Rock, if they put a sports book in there, there you will never have more fun in your life watching professional football than you will in a sports book. It is the greatest experience for sports viewing ever. You got people jumping up and down, everybody's betting different games. You got rivalry. So all right, so there's a little bit of that, but you go to the window. And you bet and you pay up front, right? Because it's Vegas. They don't know what you're going to do after you know you bet. They're not going to be like, oh, well, I guess we'll track Dan from Ohio down. Right. No, you give them the money up front. Right. Now, when I bet here locally, now I normally call my brother and my brother who lives in Las Vegas, we bet normally through the Mirage on the strip. Even though he's got a place right around the corner from his house, we kind of like the Mirage. It's old Vegas. Just kind of like it, right? So we kind of go there. But when I bet here locally, and I said this yesterday on Twitter, I do use a bookie. I do. And I got to be honest with you. As much as I like this all coming above board, much like legalized marijuana, I wanted to see it come above board. But I'm going to miss my drug dealer, dude, because he's a cool dude. He's an interesting guy. He's always in the know. He can always get me things, other things that I might be looking for. And my bookie's the same way. Whenever I'm like, whenever somebody asks me, yo, man, you know anybody that can do that? I'm always like, well, geez, do I? Oh, I bet my bookie knows somebody. He's dude, they're just they're like the under they're like the, the they're like a big box store for the underbelly of America. They just always seem to know the other person you need to know for something else you might want. It just there's something about it. And there is something about the fact that you're not supposed to be doing it that makes it super appealing to me. Now, the collection method of the bookie not so great. <laughs> Normally, it's a failed UFC fighter knocking on the door like, yo, dude, we need the 600. Like, that part sucks. Like, that part's not great. So, like, Vegas is a little bit better like that because you don't got to worry about that as much. Now, here's where betting in a casino in a sports book hurts you because it does hurt you in some regards. If you win 10 grand, get ready to roll over for Uncle Sam. You're going to have to give up that tax money. Where if I win 10 grand from my bookie, Again, the failed UFC fighter shows up, knocks on my door, and hands me an envelope full of $100 bills. That part's great. <laughs> that part is 
fantastic. Doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's great. So you're going to lose a little bit there. But I believe, much like marijuana, much like prostitution, I'd rather pay more money and let the government get their money because that's what they want ultimately. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. Ultimately, what they want is their money. Fine. Give it to them. And let's make things above board and make them safer for the average human being. Do you really, if you, like, because people go, well, what about gambling addicts? What's better? What's better? That they just lose all their money or that they lose their money and get their legs broke when they can't pay? I mean, I understand that gambling, number one, can totally be an addiction. I mean, that high, I, I, I can totally understand why people get that their, their fix from that. Um, I just, I, it's always kind of made me scratch my head of why gambling is viewed as like one of the very degenerate things to do in the world. It never, in my personal filter, felt the same as like, as like paying for prostitutes or like doing drugs. Where like those things, I get the sketchiness. Gambling to me is just like, I don't know, well, it seems like fun. Like Yeah, and here's why I find it really weird especially with how many people will do it on a low end like you may not bet five hundred dollars on a browns game on sunday like i will but you'll bet your buddy five bucks you can beat him at this or bet you know what i mean like and so you're willing to gamble so why is it considered to be this dirty thing yeah like i mean everyone everywhere fills out a march madness bracket everyone everywhere fills out those super bowl squares where it's well if the patriots have 21 and the, and the eagles have 17 you win a hundred dollars and it's like well you don't you don't view that like 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 and i think my mom's a great example of that where she would like she's she's well, she's not going. She's not going to the casino. She's not going to go be a part of that. That's too much for her. But when it comes to like, all right, I'll play squares. She's like, yeah, I'll do that. And I'm like, dude, it's the exact same thing. Why? Where is the difference there? Yeah, I, I've never understood this. I, I, I don't get the hold up here. Um, and and I understand the sports are going to take their money. But I got to be honest with you. If, if now I got to, you know, who's not going to love this is Vegas. Oh, of course not. Like Vegas is going to hate this. Like the one thing, again, all these casinos popping up and all these other you know places. It's all great for us. But as a, as a guy who's lived in Vegas, who has family who still does, dude, it's down a little bit. Tourism is. I mean, it's all, still Vegas, so you're still going, but it's still down. I don't. I don't think this is necessarily going to stop people from going to Vegas, but it's going to stop dollars from going to Vegas. And of course, that's a big issue. Well, that's for what them. they care about. They, yeah, they, I mean, they care less about bodies through the door. What they want is your money, like anybody else. But I love it. I got to be honest with you. Do you put a sports book in the Hard Rock? That's where I'm going to be Sundays yeah. watching football. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I will be posted up six hours every Sunday watching every game, just wagering my ass off. It's great for casinos that are in, in the States and things like that and outside of Nevada. I think everyone's going to kind of walk away good on this. Worth noting, it's not just like, hey, this is all legal now. States no. are going to have to decide how they're doing this. It's going to be up to each individual state, and I know we're up against it, but one of the things that I think has been a big bo- or a, a point of contention is that, like, what does this mean for the, for the NCAA? NCAA. Like, how does this, how does all this, which we're talking about professional sports, how does this all translate over to college sports? I think in the end, it ends up with college kids getting paid. It is what is where I think you'll see the integrity dollars start to happen with the NCAA. I don't know that for sure, but it seems to me like a, like a, like a good way to fix a problem everybody's been talking about that's been a problem for the last two years. And actually, the timing of this, given the fact that people have been raising that question so much over the last couple of years, I wonder if we're not going to go hand in hand here. I am 100% all for this. I also think that the, that ruling down this federal law, that striking down this 1992 federal law, is going to be a huge win for legalization of marijuana down the line too. I think you've just saw I think one thing's one hand's going to wash the other here and we might end up just getting both with one. Which how great would that be? 
Ready? Get ready. The money's going to start flowing around this country, and everybody's going to have their hands in it. It's going to get better. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 for you at 810 this morning. However, now we got to talk to you about a story that broke here locally. As a couple of high school students, probably uh, not going to grab their diploma. A couple of them have been arrested, as a matter of fact. This is taking place at Glen Oak over a senior prank. We have a little audio from my uh, local news source. We'll play you that. Chaos amid classes. This video, shared hundreds of times on social media, shows a dirt bike in the hallways of Glen Oak High School Friday morning. It wasn't funny to us and it wasn't funny to the school. Stark County Sheriff's Captain CJ Stance says the senior prank sent the school into lockdown with deputies rushing to the school. Through investigation, we were able to, to find all of the students involved and they all, all were charged. Four people are facing felony charges of inducing panic, including the 17-year-old student on the bike. 18-year-old students Larry Scroppitz and Nicholas Lexington are also charged. 18-year-old former student Eloy Lopez faces an additional charge of criminal trespass. Anytime you disrupt the school when you're riding a motor vehicle inside of a school building, you know, to us, that's not a senior prank. That's a criminal offense. The Plain Local School District isn't revealing how it's disciplining the students. It provided a statement saying the safety and security of all of our students is always a top concern, and this incident is no different. Our staff at Glen Oak acted swiftly in addressing the immediate safety concerns as a result of the prank. Our job is safety and security at that school. Um, you know, there could have been students injured, there could have been faculty injured, um, and they disrupted the day of school. Authorities warning others that seemingly harmless pranks can have very serious consequences. Just make sure you're not, you know, causing anybody to be in you know, harm's way or you're not disrupting the actual school day. In Stark County, Matt Wright. Yeah, here's what I think happens. They're not telling you how they're going to punish these kids, and my guess is is that you are not going to be allowed to walk with your graduating class. That they that, 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 that that's because what else can you do? I mean, they've all been arrested and are facing felony charges. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. All four of those kids have been arrested. Yeah, I just I don't think you'll see those hold up. I I think uh, you may end up seeing a plea deal happen out of that. I'm saying as far as the school goes, my guess is you will not be allowed to walk in your graduation ceremony because what else can they do to you? They can't really do anything else to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, most you know the school. I mean, I think has limited, but but I, I don't think I don't think the felony charges are going to hold up. I really don't. I think you'll end up seeing a plea. Now they got to charge you and you got to be in serious trouble. And this is what I'm going to tell young people today. I think this is really funny. I think the prank was super funny, to be honest with you, because that's the kind of person I am. But what I will tell young people is, and I know a lot of you are listening to the program is you don't live in the America I grew up in anymore. You don't. I grew up in the boys will be boys America. Ah, yeah, kids are kids. That happens. But the problem is, is that it started with my generation and it's gotten worse. But we got guns in schools now and inducing panic is going to be a real thing. And they can't look the other way on this because then somebody's going to be like, well, you didn't do this. And then it'll be somebody does this and then we'll have somebody racing an ATV in school. But you didn't do anything to the white kid on a dirt bike and it'll all turn into that. So you got to be strict and staunch on everything now. And I'm just going to tell young people. 
You don't live in a prank society anymore. You don't. We don't have a sense of humor. The times are too hard. Too many people are out to hurt us. There's too many things. The fear mongering that's going on on social media and the news is has people on edge. You don't live in a prank filled society. You got to realize that, dude, and understand that people are going to take things too seriously now. At the end of the day, what this all is to me is like, how how did this happen? I mean, in the in the in the day oh, and age, easily. Well, I'm just saying in the day of age of like, well, I mean, what was to stop somebody from coming in with a gun? Like, if, if it was so easy to get that dirt bike in there, what would have been any different if that kid would have been carrying a gun? Well, I think a lot of people are going to make that case that the schools are nowhere near as secure as they should be. But you know how this happened. They put it. I'm guessing I, this is all speculation, but I know how this stuff happens. My guess is one of the high school students has got got a truck. They put a they put a dirt bike in the back of the truck or rode it you know close enough to the house to get there, right? Two students opened the doors and he rode it from outside in into the hallway and they were done. And they also they were smart enough to at least do it when classes were in so a bunch of people weren't running down the hallway. They were looking to go down the hallway to film it to you know what I mean? They weren't looking to cause serious bodily harm for anybody. They thought enough about it. They were trying to do a prank. But I'm telling you, there is no such thing as a prank in a high school anymore. There just isn't. You live in too serious of a time. There's too much real things going on. Too many people are being hurt at these institutions where nobody is going to have a sense of humor about anything you do in a high school. Dude, high schools are now airports. You can't joke around in an airport about stuff like that. You can't. It's because of what has happened. And you got to approach a high school now, all schools, not just high schools. You have to approach schools as if they are airports now. That's the kind of security. That's the kind of mentality that's going to be had in that. You had to know this. But I don't think that these felony charges end up holding up. I bet you see a plea deal here, and they end up paying restitution, some money. But I would be very surprised if anybody does any serious time over what has happened here because of the fact that no weapon was used and nobody got hurt. You're shot at $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Ron Rogers. About to pass out a thousand dollars here momentarily. Uh, we do this on the program a lot, where we take this these things that get passed around the internet, and we bring them back down to reality a little bit. Like one of the big ones you'll see is if you stay up late and if you swear a lot, you're a genius because all smart people do those things. Okay. And why these things gain traction is very simple should be very easy to figure out why these things are popular. They excuse away your bad behavior and they allow you to think that these things that you're doing for yourself that are ultimately bad are really good and that it's not your problem. See, what social media understands is, is that they understand what I understand, which is people will always look to, what do I always say here? Self-victimize. The human being loves that, right? The human, it's human nature. It must be somebody else's fault. It must be this. It must be that. And these things are designed so you go, oh, I'm not responsible for my life being crappy. It's the man's holding me down or whatever. Insert whatever excuse. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's not my fault. I'm late all the time. I'm just so brilliant that that's the way my mind runs. My boss doesn't get me because right. I'm such an out-of-the-box thinker right. and my room is messy. So, like, I'm smarter than him. 
which I don't necessarily believe. Now, I do believe people who are so obsessed with knowledge and things like that, that other things around them may suffer a little bit. Maybe their room's a little dirtier than, than somebody else's. However, they probably have enough money to pay somebody to clean it. So my guess is probably not all that dirty, right? Well, and I, I, I think I'm, it's more likely to be like, if you are somebody who is disciplined enough to really be pursuing knowledge or doing something that makes you, that sets you apart from like average people, you're probably going to be disciplined and determined enough to like take care of your day-to-day life now yes when it comes to like you know the, the true outliers of like well albert einstein but like when i think it comes to like your average smart person probably going to have a little bit more discipline than your average dumb person the average smart person will realize that discipline creates a what again Jocko Willenick is always saying, saying this. Discipline creates freedom. Meaning if you just do what you got to do, then you can do whatever it is you want to do. Discipline creates freedom. And I think people, I, I think on the higher end of the intelligence scale, people would look at life like that. And there's a new one of these floating around. And of course, America's going to want to believe this. Now you got to realize, I know a scientist did the study. You can make numbers look any which way you want, and I could have a I could have another five scientists do a study and could could completely disprove this. But you, I saw this passed around a thousand times yesterday. Of course, because the American people want to believe that this is true. You want to believe this that partners who are really in love end up getting fat. That people who are really in love end up getting fat. No, of course you want to believe that because you're fat, and you're looking at your better half, and they're fat. And you think to yourself, oh, we're good. We're happy. This, it's very simple math. When in reality, I think anything but this is true. And that what I would say is this, that yes, and anytime you get into a relationship, what happens? You start going on the restaurant world tour. You start packing on a few pounds. Oh my God, I like this person. And cheese sticks are good, right? So that kind of happens. But at the end of the day, what's happening there is, is that you are fattening each other up So nobody else finds that person attractive, so they are stuck with you. Women admit this all the time, that the first thing they start doing with a guy they really like is cooking. Start getting the kitchen, fatten them up, get them fat and stupid. What do they always say? Testicles empty, stomach full, dude ain't going nowhere, right? There's part of this is looking to excuse away poor behavior, which is overeating, and selling it to you as you being happy. I think there's a part of this, too, that's like... Couples that are happier tend to stay together for longer and you're getting older and like, now don't get me wrong, getting older isn't necessarily the same thing as putting on 300 pounds, but at the end of the day, as you get older, you are probably going to put on some weight. That's yes. just the nature of human human beings. And I mean, working like, out means less to you. You don't care. And ultimately, here's what you have. This is what happens. It's as simple as this. I found my life partner. All you are doing when you are married is looking for somebody to team up with because the world's awful and you're looking for anybody to help you get through it. And so you find somebody, you fall in love with them and you're like, dude, it's you and I versus this evil planet. And so dude, you're, you're stuck, to, you're, you're together. And so dude, next thing you know, you're just, you're just eating. It's, it, you've it, given up. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be right. It shouldn't just be that. Cause I think a lot of people do get into that mindset of, well, pff, I'm just giving up. Who cares? I'm in this relationship. And like, that's why your relationship falls apart. You owe it to each other to still be attractive to each other you owe it to each other to still be physically fit you do but like i don't know to me this is just like well yeah when you're old when you're 65 you don't care of course like what what did you think was gonna happen this isn't because you're in love it's because you're old all you gotta do is walk around a retail store and look at two fat people in america arguing in the aisles to realize being fat doesn't mean you're happy in your relationship together at all no 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 (laughs)
I mean, all you got to do is walk around in public. Dude, go to the state fair. Fat people fighting all the time, dude. All the time. That's all you're going to see. But again, social media loves this because you want to believe this. You want to believe that, that the things that are actually hurting your life are helping you and are positive, which is why you're passing it around, which was the, which was the designed purpose of writing it. So you pass it around. Do you think if the study came out, if they, if the study would have been that you got to be honestly perfectly physically fit in your in your relationship to be happy that you would share it? No, because you'd be like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. And they're telling me I can't be happy in my marriage with it. You shared this because you want this to be true. But in reality, what I think, this is what I'm always saying about marriage. What scares me about it as a single person is that the people I see, and maybe I'm just being guilty of taking the people I see and, 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 and putting it on everyone. I will full on admit that. But what I see happen a lot with when people get married is it's a finish line. Because the world has told you, all you're supposed to do is grow up and get married. Nobody tells you what you're supposed to do after you get married. It's you get married and you have kids. That's it. You ever notice that? That's the end of that conversation. Nobody tells you what happens in the 50 years of being stuck and chained to that person. They just tell you, find that person, chain yourself to that person. Oh, yeah, after that, the handbook, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the secret to that. You see what I'm saying? And I think people view getting married as a finish line and you just start a little bit inch by inch. You start giving up on that person you're with. You start paying a little bit less attention. Ah, they're legally bound here. They have to say here. Now we got kids. She's not going. We're not splitting up until after they graduate. And all this stuff just kind of happens and you get a little bit lazier every single day. I think the opposite of the story is true. That you need to stay vigilant for one another. That you need to want to be attractive to your partner for the rest of your life. That you need to fight the people People off who are looking to take your partner from you tooth and nail every single day. The opposite of this is true. You should be fighting for one another to be as physically attractive as you possibly can for as long as humanly possible. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock. 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Before we play you the audio we are about to play you, I want to remind everybody that Officer Lamar Sharp from the Canton Police Department will be in studio with us Friday at 9 a.m. Now, I tell you that because the audio we are about to play you, a lot of people are going to think is awful and will shed a not-so-good light on the Canton Police Department. Now, since I have moved down here about four years ago, I have found them to honestly handle a lot of situations really, really well. I obviously don't know everything they do, but um, it seems like any run-in I've ever had in with them has been pleasant. It seems like they've handled a bunch of situations really well here um, lately, but a video got sent to both uh, Fantone and I both yesterday by multiple, multiple people. This is one of those situations where a guy's driving down the street and he gets pulled over. I believe it starts with a state trooper and then the Canton police are called into the call as well. And... Um, this is one of those situations where somebody's driving, doesn't have their driver's license, and they want to play roadside attorney with the cops. And I think you can tell from my voice and the way I'm setting this up how I feel about this and whose side I'm going to end up with this. But we do have some audio. We wanted you to take a listen for yourself, and I believe this happened just the other day. We're not driving. I'm just traveling point A to point B in my private capacity. A lot so, of ups and downs in this audio. Driving. Yeah, the audio is not great. It's, it it, it kind of cuts in, cuts out. This is cell phone footage from inside his car, I would imagine. It might have been a GoPro. I don't know. Um, but again, y you hear him say there, I'm not driving or uh, you know, I'm traveling in my car. He starts going with these... 
what he thinks are technicalities, and I disagree. We'll uh, continue here. I'm not driving. I'm traveling in my automobile. Driving a commercial term. That's why I have non-commercial on the back and not for hire. Driving is a commercial term. I'm traveling in my private capacity. They just want to see an ID. That's it. They just want this guy's information. Just keep that in mind, that what they're asking this man for while he is driving down the street and having been pulled over is proof of who he is and whether or not he should be operating that car. That's what, he, that's what the cops are asking him for. <clears throat> I just wish to be on my way. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you just wish to be on your way, you would show them your ID without causing a problem. But what you want to do is record a video and because you think you have the cops on a, in negative light and you want to post it so it goes viral so you're the next big star. We could all be, could all be on our way. All you got to do is give me or my partner here your social security number, a driver's license, any kind of identification we can check you. I'm not required by law to carry identification. Okay, let's stop right here. Let's stop right here because he's wrong. So I've looked this up, Ohio.gov. While this offense does not carry any points on your driving record, you can face fines and community service for this charge. Ohio Revised Code 4507.35 states that you must, must display your driver's license or proof that you have a driver's license upon law enforcement's officer's request. You must do it. So yes, you are required. You must do it. I do not have my location. I will answer that. No, I don't have no weapons and no firearms. I found that to be interesting firearms. that he would answer that. How can you answer that? Nothing else. Just to put you at ease so you don't think I've got something in here that, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't want you to be jumpy or anything. So, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. No, that's no, smart. I'll give him that. That is smart. I would want the cop to know that too. I would, I, you know, now that I hear his excuse, I would want the cop to know that too. Even if I was kind of be jerky, which I think this guy is, I think he's just trying to be jerky. But if, if I would want the cops to know, I don't have a weapon, so they're so they are at ease. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not obligated to be nice to cops. You know what I'm saying? You're like you're, you don't have to, you're but not. but something like that is definitely, and I'm sure the officers appreciated that. I'd hope I would do that. Yes. No, no, no. You're not. I'm not saying you are, but I just don't. I want you to think that I may have weapons when well, I, still I don't. don't think that either way. Pardon? I still think that either way. Well, I understand. That's probably what all cops think. Everyone's a suspect at all times, but I'm not I'm a not suspect. That. I don't think you committed any crime. Well, then there you go. You didn't think I committed any crime, so I should be on my way. That part's not great. The yeah. cop having said that and having record of that, that part's not great for their case. Yeah, I'm not debating whether it is or is not legal to operate your motor vehicle with or without a license because obviously it's not. The The problem that is is going to run into my, me here is that, like, what is this guy stopped for? You know what I'm saying? And if, if that's if, if that's the argument here is, like, you have no right to stop me, I feel the same way about that as I do about, like, about um, DUI checkpoints where it's, like, if I if I haven't done anything illegal, you you don't have what do you what are you stopping me for? Right. I get that. Well, we don't know he wasn't speeding. We don't know that. Um, we don't know that he wasn't swerving left of center, right of center. We don't know that. Okay. Now, what I'm going to say here is is if I'm the cops, I'm not telling him anything until you tell me who you are. See, this is where this is what's going to get lost in this right now. 
Imagine this guy is in your car that just got stolen out of your driveway and they don't have the report yet. And his license doesn't match the license plate on the car. They have a responsibility to figure out who is behind the wheel of that motor vehicle to make sure they should be behind the wheel of the motor vehicle. So, so I mean, like, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just trying to, like, so if there's a stolen vehicle, we have the right to stop every vehicle and check everyone in it? No, but we don't know what was happening here. I would admit that the cop saying, no, I don't think you committed a crime is bad. That part being on film for the cop's end of the uh, of this argument is bad. But we don't know that he wasn't doing 40 and a 35, which sounds excessive, but there are cops who are going to pull you over for 40 and a 35. It is going to happen. And what happens with a cop's response bases off of you. How did you act when this happened? And Fantone is 100% accurate. There is no law requiring you to be nice to cops. However, I'm going to tell you, the situation is going to go better and faster if you are in most cases. No it's idea. unlawful for this trooper to have me pulled over right now. He's enforcing mm. the statute. Mm. We don't know that. We don't know that. He's trying to enforce the statute. He said I didn't have a front license plate. I'm not required to have one when I'm traveling in my private capacity. That's why I don't. That's why I got what I got on my automobile. Because I'm you were looking to do to this. Driver's license. Because you wanted this to happen. Because you want one of these videos. Because you want to be the guy on the side of the road where the cops being inappropriate. Because this is the best way to go viral. Um, but from a, a, a citizen standpoint here, and here's the deal, is that it is illegal to drive without a front license plate. So this whole thing's kind of so a So there's point. now two but, things he's wrong on. But, well, I mean... If 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 a if a if an officer of the law stops you, you haven't done anything wrong. There's nothing there. So at that point, it's just whatever they say. You got to do. I'm not saying whatever they say, but if they have, dude, if I get pulled over and a cop asks me for my ID, I'm giving them the ID. And of course, I am too. Like I'm. That's not the point I'm trying to say. Is like it's just there is a point somewhere along the line. It's like well, you have rights as a private citizen. Where do those come into play here? That's true, and we all do need a brush up on what our actual rights are. But again, this guy thinks he has rights he doesn't have. There's there's not one but two things he's telling this cop that he has the right to do that he does not have the right to do. This is the problem. Is memes get passed around Facebook and you if you just say these four things, they're not allowed to do this. You have no idea if that's true. But the stoner who sold you a nickel bag of weed three weeks ago posted it so you, you take it as fact. That's crazy. This is my automobile. This is my private property. Yes. I guess it has been confirmed. It was. It originated from not having a front license plate, which you were supposed to have. Well, lawfully, he should let me be on my way, and there should be no courts involved. Yes. What's that film? Just in front of you or behind you? Whichever way, both. Sometimes it'll do inside the cab. Cop asking about the camera I there. said both, and sometimes it'll do inside the cab. Inside. I saw one of those the other day on a vehicle. I've never seen that. Before. The hell is this guy listening to, by the way? Yeah, I got it record for I your don't own know. safety. That jam band crap in the background, like string cheese incident or something. Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you listening to, dude? Yeah. Not the rock mother. Uh, I'm sure there's probably no weed I mean, in this guy's oh, history, right? Consider expensive. Well, I mean, they're talking about the price of the camera. I just think this guy's looking to cause problems for cops. He is. Well, the one thing I will say about that, he's not being contentious in these moments. You know what I'm saying? He's being contentious about like what he views as his rights, not necessarily like, yo, F you cop.
No, I no, 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 he's not. But I think the overall tone of this is, oh, gotcha. We live in the gotcha. We live in the gotcha society. This kid thinks he's got a gotcha moment with the Canton Police Department, and I disagree. I haven't heard a single thing yet. Worth noting, this dude older than probably you or I. I mean, this guy's really? probably in his 40, 45, 50, I'm going to say. Oh, I didn't from his age. Okay. There can be more, though. He sounds like a kid. I wish I knew more about the license plate issue. No questions, officer. Cop asking where he's from. He's and, and he's just saying, "Look, I'm not going to answer any questions." Now, isn't this true? Like, th- this is what is indisputable about this whole thing. What is the reason not to answer this question? Other than the fact that if you just kind of hate cops, you kind of think cops are bad and dirty and they're all racist, and so you just kind of want to give them a hard time, there's literally no other reason not to answer this question. There isn't. At the end of the day, am I, am I giving police officers my information? Of course I am. I mean, if, if you feel like at this point, if you're being unlawfully held against your will because you didn't commit a crime and there's no reason for a cop to be stopping you, I get what you're saying. And to make a, jo- a cop's job easier, I, get, I agree with you 100%. It just to me, it's like it's a it, you you have rights against illegal searches and seizures, and I'm not just going to throw that away. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just don't want to start throwing the Fourth Amendment away. Well, here's me, okay? I'm stopped in what I feel is is unjustly. Here's what I know: giving them my information gets the situation over as fast as humanly possible, which is what I want. You're in the situation regardless; it's already happened, so you're not going to stop it. It's happened. You're in it. Why would you not want this to go as fast as humanly possible if only you're a jerk who's looking to garner some fame by recording cops? That's the only reason. Yeah, I understand. But the thing is, is I'm just traveling in my awful capacity as a man. We have no idea why he pulled you over. We're just here. Shouldn't the police at that point have communicated why we pulled him over? Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. isn't, isn't that like... Now, this is one of those situations where, yes, multiple people are probably not doing things exactly the way, I don't want to say should, because I don't know what the handbook says for cops, and I don't want to get, you know what I mean? Right. I don't want to be accused of judging but here, but like, I do believe that, that multiple people on, on, on both ends here are not handling this as well as they could be. Well, he pulled over because uh, he said in front lesson, which I'm not required to have when I'm not engaged in commerce. I'm just traveling. So, I mean, I guess with the license plate, the front license plate, it's supposed to be like not wearing a seatbelt where it's not a primary offense where I guess they're not supposed to pull you over for that. That's going to be one of those like added on things. Yeah, I got pulled from from what I'm hearing. When I first moved back to Ohio, I was leaving Peabody's when I was bartending and I got pulled over for not wearing my seatbelt in downtown Cleveland was given the ticket. They're going to pull you over for stuff. It's going to happen. They're after your money. It's what I've always been telling you. Of course, they're going to do this stuff. I'm I'm standing for my rights is what I'm doing. I'm no, right. you're being a jerk, trying to get famous. Well, if if this goes any south, it, you guys will be violating my rights. I mean, there's a bunch of y'all surrounding my vehicle. Right. So, uh, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna ask you to get the car. I'm not. Um, I refuse to abandon my property. I refuse to abandon my property. I'm refusing to abandon my property. Okay, I'm ordering you have... out the car, or should we place under arrest? Um, what lawful reason are you articulating I got a crime to to arrest me for, officer? You've got no reason to arrest me. I've not done nothing unlawful. 
I'm traveling in my private capacity. This is what's going to happen. As much as I'm a man and I'm standing here alive today, this is what's going to happen. We're going to break that window. Wow. And which time that window's broke, I'm going to say. Now, here's the thing. I don't love what's about to happen here. And we may be getting into, and I say may, because I don't know. We may be getting into excessive territory here. I do not know. I legitimately do not know. But we may be getting into excessive territory with what is about to happen here. I'm willing to do anything except be on my way. Okay. Open the door or we're breaking it. I'm going to exercise my Fourth Amendment right to not be intruded upon unlawful seizures. You can tell there's some, t- like, he's getting, he's like, oh man, this is about to pop knows. off. You can tell he's nervous at yeah, that point. There, yeah. th- this starts out as, oh, I'll have this, I'll have this thing, and then the cops will back down because I don't need my driver's license, which, yeah, you do. I don't need my front place, which, yeah, yeah, you do. And he, he thought this was going to be over and done quick. He'd have cops not knowing their jobs. It'd go viral and he'd be a star. And then he realizes, oh God, I've gone a little far down this rabbit hole. Look at this, guys. This is real. This stuff, guys. Look, they're surrounding me. They're they're wanting to do this. Why they're would they really not want to do this? It. I'm just uh, a lawful man traveling in my private capacity, or yeah, traveling in my private capacity, trying See, to get from point A to point B. he sounds messed up to me too. Which is my constitutional right. What are the rest of your constitutional rights? This is crazy, guy. <laughs> man, they're going. They're threatening me with violence because I'm trying to. Uh, Enforce one of my my constitutional rights. Well, is that really what's happening there? I don't feel like that's exactly what's happening right there. They're threatening you with a with a a, a sense of violence again, breaking the window of your car because you're being resistant. Um, and I I I would imagine that the cops, much like me, think to themselves, if you're not willing to tell me who you are, there's a reason. What are you trying to keep from me? I'm gonna hey, so, I'm. Uh, I do not consent to any unlawful searches and seizures. Okay. Okay. Now here's what I'm going to say about that is I believe that there was a way to end this situation yesterday without having to break that window and yank him out of the car. But I don't know what they're supposed to do in that situation. Now, they were he was told, look, we're doing this. They gave him the warning. I mean, they did so, multiple times. So it's not like they snuck this up on him. Now, I don't know. I will again tell you that I legitimately do not know when it comes to searching your property, what they need, what they don't, warrants, this and that. I think Law and Order and shows like that have us all believing that we know more about this stuff than we really do because we don't, right? So I don't know. But if it were me and I have been asked as the officer, what would I do? So let me tell you what I would have done. Instead of smashing a window, knowing I'm being filmed and dragging this guy out and physically arresting him, and if they knew they were being filmed and they did that, my guess is they knew they had the right to do it, would be my guess. Now, not that human beings can't go crazy, go rogue and do things you're not supposed to, even cops, yes. Okay. What I would have done is I would have called the tow company and towed the car with them in it. 
and said, fine, take it to the impound lot with him in it. We'll get it figured out. We got to get this off the street. There's, we're, we're prohibiting people driving down the street. This is now a public spectacle. We need to end this. Tow the car with a minute, and then we'll figure it out. That's what I do. At, at the end of the day, um, I think these officers did kind of what they had to do. Um, I 100% stand up for the rights of individuals, and I definitely think that people would be a lot better served to really know what they're talking about with things like this. I agree. Um, but you broke the law by not having a front license plate. That's why you got stopped. You did not have your driver's license, which as as the operator of a motor vehicle, you're required to do. And you didn't. You didn't. If 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 those things were not true, if he would have had those. Then we'd be complete. I'd be singing a completely different story. Way different story. But you, 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 this is this is why it happened. This is why it escalated, and you didn't do anything to de-escalate it. So I, I mean, like I said, I'm certainly not like, well, just do whatever a cop tells you under any circumstance because that's not always within the rights of what to do, right there. But this dude was in the wrong here. This guy was in the wrong, and I maintained from like what I said from the beginning. This is a guy who wanted to go viral, thought he was going to have cops on record, not knowing what they were talking about, and is convinced that all cops are dirty awful racist insert whatever terrible word you want and he thought he was going to be able to uncover it and it turns out nope didn't know what the hell he was talking about and now he looks like a complete douche to the entire community more stansbury show right around the corner hank rock 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show on rock 106.9 before the break we were talking about this story uh, where uh a guy had been pulled over, I believe, started with a state trooper. Camp police showed up. They end up breaking the window. The guy refused to show his driver's license, and um, he had told him, I don't need my driver's license if I'm driving in a private capacity. We looked it up. That is 100% false. Um, he also told the cop he doesn't need a front license plate. Turns out that's false as well. Um, I'm also hearing from other people, and again, I'm hearing this from from people, like, so I don't know. Um but apparently he had a suspended driver's license for failure to appear in traffic court at the time of the incident and also did not have a rear or front license plate. Now, I, I know we didn't have the front because they talked about that. I'm imagining if he didn't have the rear, we would have heard that in the video as well. Mike wants to know um, or tells me that the guy put up more video of himself in the hospital, um, showed his, his dog bites. They did release the canine on him. And they're brutal. And he said, if he did something wrong, why would they do all that just to let him go? And again, this is what I'm going to say, is that I didn't love the breaking of the window. I didn't love, I guess I don't love the releasing of the canine. But again, if you just show your ID or tell them why you don't have it, then the window never gets broke. The canine never gets out. Now, I had suggested, and again, I didn't think this through. I was like, ah, just tow the car with a minute and then figure it out. You can't do it. Ultimately, it's going to be considered kidnapping. I want to thank the audience for pointing that out to me. I just, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. I'm live in the moment. I'm like, ah, this would have worked. Mm, and I didn't, put, I didn't think it all the way through. So it would be kidnapping there. Cole tweeted that and told me that, and you're absolutely right. So that part's great. But I don't know if you had to break the window. I don't know if you had to release the canine, but you knew something was going to happen. Breaking the window is not my problem because what else are officers are supposed to do at that point? You have to get him out. I just don't know at what point does the canine get released? Like, what point does that do you get sicked on people? Because it, was this dude being contentious? Yes. Was this dude being a dick? No question about it. But he wasn't threatening anyone. At the end of the day, there was no like. There was no FUs. There was no, like, swinging. There was nothing he did. I mean, even when he was talking to the cop about not having weapons and he had his hands up and, like, there, that... That's- Told him that I, I'm telling you that there's no guns in here because I don't want you to be jumpy. I don't want you to be uneasy. I would agree that nothing there was like, hey, your life is in danger or, you, you know what I mean, your safety's in danger with what's happening. But he didn't get shot. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't think it's necessarily... I don't think it's necessarily, you know... 
dogs are only allowed to be used in life or death situations there. So if, if the cops felt they would have been in danger trying to pull that guy out of the car and it would have been a better situation for the dog, I guess I'm I mean, okay with that. That's why we have the dog, right? I would just like to know what that protocol and procedure is because once you sick a dog on somebody, especially, I mean, a trained dog like that, I mean, that is escalating things into a new level in my opinion. I would agree with you that. Know? I would agree with that. And that's exactly, remember, that's how Tuco got shot. They sent him in to save the officer of like, let's not put the officer in danger just yet. We'll send in the dog right. first. And so I'm wondering if that's not protocol. Where where was the weaponry in that? You know what I'm saying? Right. There's because that's I mean, the thing those, too. Those are two different scenarios. It's, it's, it's very much we look at these things and we just try to black and white it and like, all right, yes. this is this is this is all that's going on here. Um, obviously the circumstances play a part of this here. I I, I stand firm though of uh, you didn't have the front license plate. That's true. I don't know about the back. I don't know about the speeding. I don't know about you know warrants. I don't know about any of that stuff. They had a reason to pull you over. And they had a reason to ask for your ID. You didn't do it. What else? Their hands are kind of tied. In my, I think it's as simple as that. I really do. I think it's as simple as you got pulled over. You're behind the wheel of a car. We need to know you're supposed to be behind the wheel of this car. If there was no validity to him pulling over, I'm having a different conversation. But you, 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 you did something wrong, bro. And now people are telling me there, there was a failure to appear in court and all this stuff. It's a, Dude, this is these guys. Like, There's a guy who listens to this program all the time. He's a white dude. Right. But the moment any cop is seen doing anything that's close to the line of that's not right. This dude's all on it. Every last bit. And every time I see it, I'm just the, the, here's the first thing that runs through my mind. You think cops are bad because once upon a time, a cop had to do something to you because of what you were doing. You did something. You, you did something and you're guilty. Yeah. So it just goes to show you that that's what my opinion is, whether you're white, black, red, brown, whatever, that if you are anti-cop, that I worry that it's a once upon a time, a cop busted you and you think you got busted unfairly. Yeah, I mean, people's personal experiences are definitely going to weigh in on how they view the world. I don't want it to necessarily mean like, well, dude, you're an anti-cop cop hater just because you question some things or because you're trying to stand up for your rights. But this isn't that situation. No, it's not. this guy was looking to cause problems, <clears throat> wanted to go viral, and now he is. But for all the wrong reasons, you brainiac. What a big dummy. You're shot at $1,000 and new turd Tuesday next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Not all artists will do this, but but some will. Who gets to the venue a little early, kind of runs through the whole thing, kind of wanted to, wants to meet everybody that works at the venue, wants to shake their hand and thank them for their part in making the night a success, and he's always kind of done that. And uh, his name is Tech Nine, and uh, he's got this new song called "How I'm Feeling." He's big with the. Um, with with like the uh, the ICP crowd, right? Yeah, he's one of those dudes. He'll go play a show anywhere on any venue and anything. And it's one of those situations where it's like, dude, yo, you got two thousand bucks. I'll come drop sixteen bars for you. You know what Happy I mean? And it. Like, yep. I'm not gonna knock that hustle when you can get in in a in a cult like audience. Do, do it. it.
hate when rappers think they need to sing. Hire a singer. I agree. This is how I'm feeling. That Bulu gonna get me a billion. Inshallah, run a back, Lord willing. I'm gonna be off on the island, chilling. I came a long way from Do Dillon, and I still run with a 5'6 villain. We live life like it ain't no ceilings. Never been a limit to can be killing. I feel like breakdancing, cause I got every in the place straight glancing. While they next to they love her looking at me, hate dancing. But I'm always with just like a fake clansman. How I'm feeling is people keep using identical syllables. Switch it up a little bit, I'm feeling that often this pattern's the only one fillable. To the masses, perhaps it's the people not needing variety since the umbilical don't what hit the middle. So I'm just a rapper that happens to kill a bro. Rappers being fast. Like him, Twista, the Bone Dudes were fast. They were all like, you know what I mean? They was It's not mumble rap because they're actually speaking, but they're very fast with it. I'm feeling is people keep using identical syllables. Switch it up a little bit. I'm feeling that often this pattern's the only one fillable. To the masses, perhaps it's the people not needing variety since the umbilical. Don't hate the middle, so I'm just a rapper that happens to kill a bro. When I be clapping, I wonder what that is. I think a big part of what it is is their age. Tech Nine's not a young dude at all. He's probably older than me, and I, that's the difference between like a rapper that's 19 and coming out now and a rapper that's 39 and putting out songs now. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. Twist the Bone, Tech Nine, all those dudes old. Yeah. All those dudes no, in their mid thirties, if not later. Oh, dude, those bone guys are close to fifty. Yeah, I mean, all of them old. Yeah. New Tech Nine, how I'm feeling. I still want to bring a big rapper for like an anniversary show to Canada. I know I work at a rock station. I just think it would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Pack a small club downtown with like a with like a really good rapper like that who would sell out like a two thousand seat venue. So you know, twenty five hundred seats could do that, but put them in a five hundred seat venue. I just think there'd be something awesome about it. You know who this is? I do not. They didn't give me the feature. You can't even guess anymore because everybody sounds like everybody else. It ain't mumble rap. If you hear me clearly, I rap better than you boys and you get in weird because I hit a little melody. I know you hear me with your dumb, only smart people feel me because I've been out here killing the rap. It's just that I be looking up to Calico. Most of you that been rapping fast. Garbage is I'm a whole different animal. Lately, these be jocking me hard. You read all in their songs, so I shook them again. But when they ask him, I still going off. Oh, you I'm a monster. Don't ever forget. Did it all on purpose. Stepped up in the blood and make them nervous. No way. But I cuff your because she lurking. If you maggot at your feelings Cause this is how I'm feeling This is how I'm feeling I'm feeling like you could have made this shorter Yeah, it's been going on for a while A little too long Don't give me the hook again Jeez, that's new Tech Nine. How I'm feeling, Phantom. Give me the vote there. Eh, it's half a turn. There were parts of the song I liked, and then there were parts of the song I really didn't like. the The song felt kind of pointless to me. Like I really don't, I really don't like. Was I, there was nothing to it where I was like, man, I got to listen to that again. But at the same time, it wasn't like crap. So I don't know. I'm gonna call it a halfer. 
I, I don't disagree with your assessment, but it was bad enough where I can still go turd. It's a turd! We have new Jason Aldean featuring Miranda Lambert drowns the whiskey. That's next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106. And uh, Miranda Lambert loans her voice to this as well. This is Drowns the Whiskey. Thought it'd be a slower start. Me too. Drowns the Whiskey, a duet, you know. All the folks down in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Been working hard for good old boys like me. I don't want to be the one to tell them that stuff that they've been selling ain't working like it should. But I damn sure wish it would. Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I think Jack Daniels still works. I mean, I could be wrong there, but I think it does. No, I think I know what he's talking about, and I think he's right. I sure wish it would. Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I've gone from one to one too many. And the thing that really gets me is how your memory drowns the whiskey. I was hoping we were going to get opposite um, verses. Like, he'd sing one, she'd sing one. I was hoping that's what was going to happen here. Yeah, hopefully she's just not on the chorus or why why put why her on. Why do yeah. it? Right. Maybe it's the bar or the stool I'm on. She might get the last one. Maybe. Maybe it's the band and the sad old song that keeps me buying rounds, that keeps me turning down. Any girl that wants to dance You ain't giving them a chance Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory I've gone from one to one too many And the thing that really gets me Is how your memory drowns a whiskey Good voice, let her sing. Girl, I'm living proof that 80 proof ain't got a shot at touching you. A whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I've gone from one to one too many. Why would you have paid Miranda Lambert money to not do anything? Yeah, I mean, we're, we've are we got a minute left in this song. I don't know. Why, what are we doing here? What'd you pay her for? It's, I could understand if it was an up-and-coming guy and then featuring Mar- Miranda Lambert mm-hmm. gets you some attention, but this is Jason Aldean. He's a bigger star than she is. Are they? Is, is that the tour this summer? Are they out oh, together? You, you know, I, don't, I know. don't know. Maybe that is it. Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I think so. But I don't know. That'd be a good show. A lot of hits. And the thing that really gets me is whiskey's supposed to drown the memory. I've gone from one to 
is how your memory drowns a whiskey. Yeah, I don't get it. She's got a great voice. I would have highlighted her. Yeah, the thing that really gets me is how your memory drowns a whiskey. You could have just got any woman in the world to do that. Lynchburg, Tennessee Been working hard for good old boys like me Wow. That's new Jason Aldean featuring a little bit, a very little bit, of Miranda Lambert drowns the whiskey. Fantone, give me the vote. It's a turn! I'm nothing really great about that song. I mean, I, I, I guess it was just kind of, to me, felt, felt very paint by numbers of like, all right, dude, it's kind of sad. We got two of us together. Well, let's throw in an alcohol reference and, and call it a song right there. So nothing about that stood out to me, so I'm going to call it a third. I was set for something I was going to love. And it's two big, huge stars, and they, again, I'm being told, you can hear her slightly behind him. Yeah, I know, that's yeah. my point, is that you got one of the best female voices in, in the goddamn format, and you're hiding her behind a guy who I love, Jason Aldean, but who is not a great singer. No, he's not a really strong voice. I he, mean, he's, he's not good. a great singer, he's a great entertainer, but I, I dude, for, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted that to be really good. Expectation sets happiness, it was not very good, I gotta vote turd on this. It's a turd. Now, next for you, we got new pop evil. Here it is. It's a crime, <laughs> a crime to remember. Next on Rock 106. And it's called a crime <laughs> to remember. Here it is. They're good at the cheesy rock thing, though. They are. They're good at it. Watch this not be an example of that. Time took the abuse, still all accused. Since we fell, stars on fire, now tighten the news. You know, dude, again, this is what Pop Evil does. This is what they do. Because this is going to sound crazy to you, but that is very reminiscent of what Shinedown's last album sounded like. Shinedown's lead singer got a little rhymey. In some of those songs. A little rappy there. A little rappy in there. And now what? Now Pop Evil's like, ah, Shinedown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's follow the Shinedown method. There was a time, took the abuse, still all accused. Since we fell, stars on fire, now tighten the news. Always with the news. There's always the news. Just tightening on it. Or an altar. <laughs> One of the two. You gotta pray two. to it. You gotta do something. Hang them from the altar. Stars on fire, nothing but hell. Stuck in a world, cover your eyes, there's burden of truth. No DNA eating. I'll tell you another thing I noticed. You goddamn imagine dragons just mm-hmm. ruining everything, mm-hmm. just ruining the sound. No wonder Gibson guitars are going broke. Nobody's using them anymore. Cover your eyes, there's burden of truth. No DNA eating away, just show me the proof. Radioactive, radioactive, yeah, for sure, dude. Yep. For sure. Show me the truth. Show me the truth. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so Imagine Dragons. Now, at the end of the day, there's worse things to sound like, right? If you're trying to make a hit record. If you want to make money, make them sound like that. Forgive forever. Yeah. For better, for worse, you won't forgive forever. 
still never the same Nowhere to rest, never confess Still living in chains Stars on fire Show me the proof Show me the truth yeah. It's like Imagine Dragons gangbanged Shinedown and a record came out. Imagine Dragons gangbanged that, huh? It's been a while since we heard about that one. First year. First year show. First year. (laughs) Reaching deep in the bag on that one. That was a long time ago. Reaching deep in the bag. Jesus. Was that Pop Evil trying to make a political statement there? Are we united? Are we divided? Pop Evil? I do not care what your politics are, bro. Not at all. Not at all. You gotta wonder what were the other guys in the band doing? What are they doing when this when they play this on tour? What are you doing? We're just standing here now. You're just you're, you're, let me guess. You're gonna move the bass guitar three inches side to side as you sway, pretending you're playing it when this is on. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. If I was a singer, why would you ever have a band now? Why? Like, why? For what? Unless that dude is writing things in the songs, what are you doing? Just go in there and hire a bunch of studio musicians, get things done, and go out on the road. I'm going to show you the door. New pop evil, a crime to remember. Phantom, give me the vote there. It's a turd. I mean, there was nothing redeeming about that song. Just filled with platitudes, felt very paint by number. I mean, there wasn't a payoff in anything. There was no, like, climax. That was a turd, dude. Like married sex, no climax. <laughs> I, uh, I I would completely agree. That's pop evil, a crime to remember, and it's a turd. It's a turd. Yikes. Uh, before we get out of here for the day, we should uh, one more time examine Game 2 Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Cavs at Boston Celtics. I believe your Cleveland Cavaliers walk out of the garden tonight, split at one game apiece. They win. Yeah, fingers crossed that's the case. I think LeBron has to have a huge game, and hopefully Kevin Love is ready to get some work done tonight. So uh, fingers crossed, man. Bine, uh, Boston, now that you can bet, Boston minus one tonight. So they uh, they are giving the Cleveland Cavaliers one point. You give me LeBron and points. I like it. I will take the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight to even the series at one apiece. We'll find out how right that prediction is tomorrow morning on the program, obviously. Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000 coming up at 10.10 this morning. Aside from that, we're done. Going to get out of here. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See ya. 
Trophy Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.